This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners just like you. If you have the means and you'd like to contribute, click on the link in the show description to go to my supporter page. Once you're there, it's completely up to you how much you'd like to give. There's no minimum and no maximum and no ongoing charges. Enjoy this episode and thanks for listening to The Saturday Quiz. Thanks for joining me. My name is John Leary and this is the Saturday Quiz. On this podcast, I ask the questions and answering them is the job of my guests. Just like last week, on this episode, we are celebrating the return of live theatre, this time in Sydney. The Boomcack Panto has recently opened on the Belvoir stage and quite frankly, I have not read a more universally glowing set of reviews for a show in my life. Today I am joined by two of the performers from that show, which one of them also wrote and co-directed. Welcome to the show, Rob Johnson, and for a record equaling third time on this podcast, Virginia Gay. Oh my god, I'm so honoured. Who am I record equaling with? You are record equaling Zoe Coombs (gasps) Moore. Oh my god, I'm honoured. Yeah, how about that? Champion, yes, please. I'm excited to be on the board for my eventual (laughs) for your first time appearances on this. You've got to start with one, don't you? Wow, but he's really pitching big, really early, isn't he? All right, all right. (laughs) Well, I'll get you. I'll get you on it again, Rob. Depending on how well you do this time. (laughs) Do you think, Rob, that you might have any expert category in the way of quizzes? It's hard to say. I guess my um, cricket knowledge is maybe like higher than the average cricket knowledge. Cricket is a is an unusual one for this podcast. I don't I, I've had Adam Zwa on the podcast mm-hmm. and he is a a big cricket nut. Yeah. But you are as well. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Unfortunately, there is no cricket question oh. on this Ugh. this quiz this week. Of course. I'm sorry. Of course and what what have we decided that your expert category is, Virginia mm. Gay? Mm. Blind confidence, I think, is my expert category. <laughs> yeah. Saying something in a really positive and like assured way and then immediately being proven wrong. So <laughs> you're welcome, Rob. Also makes me a great director, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah really good. Helps. Tell me about the show. How how's it been going? It's going the reviews, as I said in the intro, are just across the board amazing oh thanks mate we wanted to make something that was filled with joy and filled with excitement and filled with like just triumph and pleasure and like everything that's great about live theater and we had no idea of course that this would be the very thing that was on scheduled to be on just as we were coming out of lockdown so this was meant to be the end of Belvoir's great return season and like a thing that we were aiming towards but now it's this like (gasps) we're back and everybody's coming up for air and everybody's enjoying the show so much which is just glorious it's fantastic i'm devastated that i i I won't get up to sydney to see it i'm so sad we will have to bring it to melbourne we'll see (laughs) you must please it also contains some of the most glorious performances in i mean australia maybe the world particularly rob johnson who plays our Two villains. Yep. Double villain. A double villain. Double villain. There's a big bad boy. That's how Rob Johnson. <laughs> I wear a cape. Oh, yeah. In the show. And yeah. a twirly moustache. Am yes. I right? Yes. Yeah. That's on a streak. <laughs> All right. It's well, there's fun. no villainy allowed here, but let's crack into the quiz. Let's do it. We'll be right back. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. 
I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Saturday Quiz. My guests today are Rob Johnson and Virginia Gay. And this is question number one. Which actress links the films Monster, Mermaids, and Belle Amie? Got it. Yes? Got it? Yeah? Yeah. Is it? Who is it? Christina Ricci. Yeah. It is Christina Ricci. Well done. Which ones particularly gave it away? Um, I think uh, Monster then to Mermaids. (laughs) Yeah. Because I was like, Shares in Monster? That's amazing. And I was like, wait a minute. minute. No, yes. The star of Monster is Charlize Theron. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Cher was in Mermaids along with... I'm oh, no, I, I don't know. Am I saying it No, right? no, no, it is. It's Cher. Cher, Cher. Yeah. Winona Ryder and tiny little baby Christina Ricci. Oh, no. Yes, was, it her, w- was her film debut. Oh, yes, it was it indeed. And have you heard, seen, or in any other way consumed the film Belle Amie? No, is this? Is it just out now? No, it's a few years old. Oh, What's it about? It's based on, on a, a French novel and Robert Pattinson oh, yeah. plays yeah. the lead. And how's this for, for a critique? Roger Ebert, Ebert, yes. the, the film critic, wrote of Bellamy, the women are all elegant and intelligent. They know the ways of the world and they know George's history. So Robert Patterson is playing George. Why do they find him attractive? We don't. And that failure is the downfall of the film. Jesus. Oh, I know, he didn't hold back. But he did say of Christina Ricci uh, and her performance, her character makes the mistake of actually loving George. This involves pure acting skill on her part, <laughs> since oh, Pattinson gives her so little to work with. Oh, Isn't wow. Come on. Yeah. Happy bit of Raj. <laughs> well, well done, though. You, you got that one very quickly. Thank Here you. we go. Question number two. What is the nickname of Western Australian mining magnate Andrew Forrest. And there's a bonus point. <laughs> we got it. Buzzing in. We've got it. It's also the I... name of my favourite model. Twiggy. <laughs> that is indeed true. Uh, and there's also a bonus point for naming the company he founded, of which he is now chairman. Forrest's International. No, um, it does start with F. Fuck the land, International. Not, not... <laughs> no. Fortescue? Uh, Fracking oh, yes. Enterprises? Look at you, Rob Johnson. Was that correct? Forte- yeah, Fortescue oh, Metals great. Group. Oh, yeah. Cool. Cheers. Hey, cheers. Well done. Definitely thought you made that up. I mean, I guess maybe I knew that because it was a specific word, but I, it felt like a guess, so I'm thrilled. <laughs> well, it was in there somewhere and you dragged it out. Well done. All right, question number three. The Atlas Mountains are on which continent? Mm. How's your geography? Okay, so I'm going to say this is my thinking here. So Atlas Atlas is a Greek myth. So I would say that they were in Greece on a border somewhere and therefore I would say that they are in Europe. I am going to agree. Okay, you're right that it is a Greek myth that Atlas was the brother of Prometheus. Mm. Held the world up on his shoulders. Not the world, held the sky up. Oh, really? Didn't know that. Yes, punished by Zeus for his role in the... Uh, I'm not sure how to say this. The 
titan uh, titanomachy mm. titanomachy Titan. which is uh, the war between titans and the, the olympians the new gods yes and so he he was punished hold by having to hold up the sky okay so uh, if so are- it was it was essentially at the edge mm, of the world, the world oh. at that time so of their world one of those so South southwest of where um ants Asia Antarctic Asia southwest of of Greece Africa Africa It's like what's directly underneath I don't know Yeah yeah great He was relieved of holding up the sky do you know who helped him out for a little while um, Hercules? Yes, Hercules or Heracles. Oh, Heracles. Uh, right. Relieved him momentarily so that, that Atlas could go and get the Hesperidian apples. Ah, oh, the apples, the apples. So Heracles, one of, one of his tasks was to get these golden apples that were guarded by Atlas's daughters, the Hesperides. So he went, I'll hold up the sky for you. You go get the apples. Thanks very much. And right. Atlas went, thank you very much. That's great. Oh, it's a weight off my shoulders. <laughs> and went and got the apples. And when he came back, he was like, oh, this is really good. I don't want to go back mm. to holding up the sky anymore. Totally. I got my Heracles daughter's graduation in a couple of weeks. Exactly. Um, so he said, he said, let me take the apples back for you, all right? And Heracles, sensing that Atlas was trying to pull a Swifty, he went, oh, yeah, sure, sure. That's really nice of you. Thank you. But... Can you just hold on to the sky just for one minute? It's really heavy, as you know. I'm just going to reposition my my uh, cloak <laughs> yes. to better, you know, better provide padding. So you just take this for a second. And as soon as he did that, Heracles went, thank you very much. I'm out of here. Yeah. And, yeah, I took the apples. And Atlas Myth is the first um, recorded example of someone saying, how do you like them apples? <laughs> Which is I also think you might be right. Rob Johnson. Yeah. How do you like them apples? The yeah. golden. I love them. Those Greeks, they're filled with little tricks, aren't they? Those yeah, ancient Greeks, they love a little trick. And then, who was it? Was it Theseus or the other one? Um, the other one. I'm going to get it wrong. I think it was Theseus. No, it wasn't. God, what's his name? Give us a category. Perseus. Perseus. <laughs> yes. Did you say Perseus? Well done. Bonus points. Very good. It was Perseus. Perseus <laughs> <laughs> he I went, went to school to, with him uh, to Atlas, and you know, kind of felt sorry for him, and was like, "Hey, buddy, what about you look at this head of Medusa that I have, and I'll turn you to stone." And that's what became the Atlas Mountains. No way! How about that? Wow, that is a great twist. That was a really great yeah. twist, and it was also it was a, a, a pity ossification, which is one of the rarest ossifications I find. Yeah, petrific. Yeah. No, it's petrification, isn't it? Petrification. Ossification is bones. Ossification would be bones. Mm. Yeah, turn you into bones. Oh, <laughs> All right. Question number four. Name the author best known for his Discworld novels. <laughs> you both Terry got Terry Pratchett. It is Terry Pratchett. Well done. Are you Discworld? Uh, consumers? I was I'm not yeah. actually. Have you never read them? No, never. Have you? I read them when I was fourteen. When I was like wow. devouring um, 
uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and I was like, what more can yeah. I get in this category? Kind of like fantasy, mm. like humorous fantasy, exactly. right? A sort of dystopic slash utopic future, like the, the, lots of and in different worlds, which I really enjoyed. But also I now remember yes. that I was reading them because <laughs> I was trying to impress a guy. <laughs> That's the actual reason I picked them up because I was like, yeah, like Discworld, like all those turtles, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, cool, how whatever. often does anyone ever read or watch anything without the intention of telling someone else they did it, you know? It's I mean, absolutely yeah. right. It's absolutely that is so right. true, isn't it? So often. <laughs> Do you know how many novels there are in the Discworld series? Oh, it's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, there is quite a lot. It's something absurd, like 47 or something. Oh, you're very close. It's 41. Really? 41 novels in the series. The final Discworld novel, The Shepherd's Crown, was published in August 2015, five months after his death from Alzheimer's, a condition he described as an embuggerance. What a wonderful word. What a great guy. Father, yeah. Terry Pratchett. You look, at, you look at people as prolific as Terry Pratchett and it's just like, oh, no, it's already too late for me to do anything <laughs> in my life. That's amazing. 41. Just 41. That and that's just in in yeah. that series. Yeah. Like he wrote other books as yeah. well. I often think about, um, what's his bloody name? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, Douglas Adams. Douglas Adams. I often think about yes. what Douglas Adams could have made had he not died on a treadmill from a heart attack at 47. I'm like... There were so many more books in you, wow. sir. Wow, that's an embuggerance as well. Isn't that terrible? And he was trying to get fit, you know, for his yeah. family, for his future. Died of a heart attack oh, on a treadmill. I didn't know that. Well, the rule is. You know what that means. Yeah, yeah. never, ever exercise. exercise. Ever. <laughs> it's obvious. I'm an ex-fake nurse too, you can trust me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, question number five. Which... Chinese tennis player was feared missing after making sexual assault allegations against a former Chinese vice premier. I can't remember her name. You don't know her name? Her initials are PS. No, I don't don't, don't even want to throw one out there. It's just the thing that's been in the last couple of weeks, isn't it? Very recently. It yeah, is yeah. indeed, yeah, yeah. Is it Perseus and just today, <laughs> No? <laughs> no. I'm just... Just today, the Women's Tennis Association announced that all events in China and Hong Kong will be suspended immediately amid concern for her well-being Great. after she accused a former politician. And of is she still assault. missing? Well, she's apparently not missing anymore, but but they know where she is apparently. But it's concerns that even though they know where she is, they don't know if she's okay, if Jesus she's being, Christ. you know. Held against her will, etc. Oh my god, that's awful! That's absolutely yeah. Awful. It's it's pretty horrible. I might just tell you. How about that? Yes, yeah. please do. Her name is Peng Shui. Does that ring a bell? Rings a bell to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, that's awful. And I so oh. we we cross our fingers for her. Yes, please. And hope. We, I hope that this, you know, the WTA cancelling all events in China and Hong Kong yes. will have some absolutely positive result for her. Sanctions, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that slightly somber note, let's take another little break. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thanks for listening to the Saturday Quiz. I'm with Rob Johnson and Virginia Gay, and they are up to question number six. Which two homophones can be used to describe the characteristic quality of a sound and is a spoken warning as given by a lumberjack? Oh, like timber, timber. and timbre? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Timber. Timber. Really good. Yeah. I was about timber. to yell timber and then I was like, what else does that also <laughs> mean? Wait a minute. Oh, timbre. Oh, no, no, no. Of course. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. They are homo- homophones, even though... You slightly say, well, if you're... I would you know, not say they were pronounced the same way. You wouldn't, you wouldn't say the timbre of your voice? No, I'd You'd say, say timbre. I would say the timbre. Okay. And I'd really roll the R, really just to ram it on home. Timbre. Mrs. Janet Oviarch taught me in uh, Year 5 music, timbre. Timbre? So oh, yeah, right. That's where well, they get the rings from, to, right? to her. <laughs> yes. That's great. What else did she teach you? Did she teach you an instrument or singing? Um, well, she didn't teach me an instrument, but it was the same year that I was introduced to one of the great love affairs of my life, um, the playing of the tuba. Um, so I was learning quite a lot about the very specific, beautiful timbre of the tuba. Around. The tuba timbre. The tuba timbre. The tuba timbre. It's one of my favourite songs he plays. The tuba timbre. Lots of lots of lumberjacks also play the tuba. Famously, famously. Do they? Yeah, I think so. It's so easy to carry around between sousaphones. The marching band tuba. The lumberjacks love them. Oh, I live for a sousaphone. Wow. Rob Johnson is an extraordinary tuba player, and he is famous not only for playing. Do you get called a tubist? Is that what you are? Yeah. really is. Mm. God, that doesn't sound right, does it? Tubist. <laughs> it sounds like you're anti-tubist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tubist. Yeah. Um, Rob Johnson is famous for playing the tuba brilliantly in Calamity Jane and then is more famous for being loved by Lee Sales so hard that she's talked extensively about how Rob Johnson completely reformed her ideas of what a tuba player was and looked for. And it's now in the um, Chat 10 Looks 3 book there's a page dedicated without using your name to the tuba player who changed lee sales take on tuba players in calamity jane yep that's extraordinary isn't that amazing great honor wow true honor that's really fantastic it's really i love that he's very good it's very impressive all right question number seven what does the a in dna stand for good take it Acid. <laughs> it does stand for acid. Ex- exactly right. You want to know what the you, DN stands yeah, for? Yeah, I, I do, know know, I do want to know. Deoxyribonucleic. Ooh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Why do you know so much about DNA? Because he's stealing yours right I, now. I'd prefer not to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> he's a villain. He's a villain, I tell you. <laughs> Are you secretly also a chemist? Yes, I am. I started to be a chemist, but then tuba playing (laughs) took over. And then you can't have two loves in this world. You can't. It's one of those like very specific bits of knowledge. People are always saying, "Oh, why did we spend so much time learning algebra or calculus at school? Like, what's the point of that?" But you still just retain 
very specific bits of information if they've never used it. DNA is just one of those. I just, I've always wow. learning about it in like year eight science. Yeah, brilliant. And I, I remember being like, wow, that actually stands for something and being like amazed. And so I've just remembered it always. I can only remember things like, I love talking about osmosis. Love talking about osmosis. Mm. Uh-huh. Can't get enough of osmosis. High density to lower density. I mean, <laughs> semi-permeable barriers. I mean, why not? Why not? Why not? I know that's actually um, the person who led the Jewish people through the semi-permeable membrane was osmosis. <laughs> get out. Get this man out. You see why I put him in the panto now? You see why? Yeah, Johnny, you get yeah. like it. I love it. Well, one of your Calamity Jane co-stars, Sheridan Harbridge, I've heard of her. is playing English chemist Rosalind Franklin. True. That's right, in the play Photograph 51 at the Ensemble Theatre next year. Also Are you in it? Yes. Get out. <laughs> I play uh, Rosalind's underling, Ray Gosling, the person who, well, took, well, the who took the photo. Yes. Amazing. Well, yes, considerable controversy has arisen over the significance of the contribution of that image to the work of Watson and Crick and their discovery of the double helix shape of DNA, which led to them winning the Nobel Prize along with Morris Wilkins in 1962. That's amazing. I didn't know you were in that play. That's uh, really great. Yeah, it's really great. And it's also an amazing story, isn't it? Yeah. Stunning, like an actual rip-off. Amazing how brazen it was. Because she, uh, Rosalind Franklin, was was doing that research at the same time and she didn't realise that they were, you know, they got a copy of that photo without her knowledge. It was supplied to them by Wilkins, I believe. Yeah. He was concerned that, that she wasn't pursuing it with the ambition for, like, public like success or adulation as as much like she was just doing the work and he was really like no this is this is a big discovery it needs to be it needs to be grabbed by people who want to be famous kind of thing i think watson and cricket actually oh wow it's like a very generalized version of it but yeah he wanted to hitch his way yeah yeah. guys who (gasps) who wanted glory rather than just wanted to be in the lab Boo. 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 What a bunch of jerks. Bunch, jerks. What a bunch of Nobel Prize stealing jerks. Yeah. Boo. All right, Boo. question number eight. Who succeeded Richard Nixon as United States president? Mm-hmm. Oh, you Gerald also know this. Ford. Ford. I wasn't going to go with Gerald yes. Ford, but as soon as it started, I was like, got it. <laughs> yeah. Who were you going to say, Virginia? I was going to go all the way with LBJ, but then I realised that was oh, a campaign no. slogan and he was, he, he was not campaigning. He immediately yeah. preceded Richard Nixon. Really? Mm-hmm. Did not know that. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Gerald Ford. Uh, do you know- <laughs> Which is it how was, it was, Gerald. Always, always, always. In fact, that was why he didn't win yeah. afterwards. It took too long. Correct. Do you know it wasn't always... Said that way. Do you know what his his name was when it was when he was born? No. Please say it was Perseus Fortescue. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be great? A great uh, circle. No, unfortunately, it wasn't th- that Perse- Perseus Fortescue. His real name was Leslie Lynch King Jr. Oh. His name was Lynch King. That is not a good that name. Is that is not, not great. That is not a family that you want to, like, like the no. family traits. Well, certainly Leslie Lynch them. King Sr. was uh, apparently a bit of a jerk uh, and his um, Gerald Ford's mother separated from mm. his father and then met another man 
And although he never officially adopted Gerald, the younger, the the, the son, uh, he did take his name. Great. So he became Gerald. For, he was Gerald, Gerald Ford Jr. Actually, Ford exactly. <laughs> but he wasn't. This it's really interesting because Nixon's running mate for the. 68 and 72 presidential elections was, do you know, Rob, you're nodding. It was Spiro Agnew. It was Spiro Agnew. also went down for corruption. What a pair. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so he should have been the next in line. Oh, wow. But as Watergate was starting, Agnew had his own troubles, eventually pleading no contest to a felony charge of tax evasion Mm. and resigning from the vice presidency. And so when Nixon resigned on August 9th, 1974, Ford automatically assumed the presidency, making him the only person to become the US's chief executive without having won an election for either president or vice president. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is wild. Very well done. You knew it was Gerald Ford. And it seems that you, Rob, have some secret knowledge about US politics. Yeah, weirdly, it's, I think, better than my knowledge of Australian politics. Yeah. Here's something very weird for you. One yes. of the very bizarre things that I was doing during lockdown to, like, you know, train my brain or whatever was learning the order of US presidents. No way. And for, wow. like, a little while I knew them, but I would just, like, write them down. Wow. God. Yeah. We had to do a lot of things. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's desperate. who was trapped in, a, like, a, a, a weird holiday layover. This is many years ago now. And they were suspended there. There was some, you know, volcanic eruption or something and they were trapped in paradise, but it was actually really quite stressful. Okay. And they learnt all of the capital cities of every country in the world and now you can just ask them and you go Malawi and they go, like, it's just, like, amazing. Like, they're just straight in. Straight in. In telling that story, you know what you should do is you should learn at least one capital of <laughs> one country. I have to say, as I said, Malawi, I was like, oh, I don't know. Why'd I pick this one? Yeah. <laughs> there was one that I was like, it'll be really impressive and it didn't come to me in time and it's still not here and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. All right. In Let's go story. to <laughs> question <laughs> number nine. Okay. Released in 1995... What was the first feature-length film created entirely by CGI? 1995. 1995. Mm. Feature-length film entirely in CGI. Entirely created by CGI. Is it, is it the, the Lion King? It is not The Lion King, but you're right. It is, you know, more or less animated. Is it in the Disney pantheon? Uh, is it in it the Pixar? It is now. It is the oh, Pixar. Yeah. Toy Story. Toy Story is the was right that answer. CGI, was it? Really? Yeah. yeah. So does that mean they did motion capture and things? Or no? no, they didn't do motion capture. They they just made it all made it all up on, in a computer. <laughs> Jeez, how good's Toy Story? How good? <laughs> how good's Toy Story? What a great, amazing, great. Toy Story yeah. three, which I still haven't seen because everybody tells me I will cry so fucking hard. Oh, yeah, you yeah. will, you really will. Confronting. And Toy Story four, I thought they were making a big mistake going back after Toy Story three because it's so heartbreaking. But Toy Story four is also a very good film. Terrific. Yeah, That's... I would say that the Toy Story series or franchise yeah. is the best. What do you call four films? Quadrilogy. Like, quadrilogy. <laughs> In existence. They're all four of them are, are, are very right. good. That's yeah, great. So consistent. 
All right, we're up to the final question. You've been doing very, very well. Thanks. Here we go. Question number 10. Which Australian senator last month declared being held accountable for your own actions isn't called discrimination? It's called being, you wouldn't believe it, a goddamn bloody adult. Jackie Lambie. Very well done. You you may have answered the most questions together out of anyone I've ever had on this so on this quiz. That's what happens when you make a lot yeah. of theatre together. Yeah. We're like, oh, it's good to be inside your brain. Yeah. Yeah. In stereo the whole way through. <laughs> That's so true. Very well done. It was Jackie Lambie. And she's now also become a glorious meme. So people, yes. uh, people TikTok along to her and I'm very into it. Yes. Oh, yeah, right. Jackie Lambie, I feel like, in Australian politics sums up um, or, or like embodies the about politicians where it's like okay on certain fronts i just do not agree with you but you're very out there about the things that are your positions and so therefore i know how i disagree with you and also i can then appreciate when you act like an absolute boss and say things how they are and it's like yes great i don't have to feel resentful or or like i'm compromising myself by saying yeah no well said (laughs) yeah 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 that that is true good on it all right we're gonna take one more break we'll be right back Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Rob Johnson, Virginia Gay, well done. Thanks. Thanks, Johnny Mary. Thank you so much both for doing the quiz. A delight. Thanks for having us. Well, you, you are the delight. having us. <laughs> In unison. Uh, it's been my absolute pleasure. Good luck with the rest of the show. Break legs. I assume that you're selling very well. We are, like, I have to say we're, um, it's not, like, completely sold out, which right. is uh, partly we went from 75% to 100% today, yesterday maybe. So there are oh. suddenly more seats on sale. Oh, great. So it's been a little bit of a slow ramp up, but we are determined to sell out. So, yes, please tell all your friends and thanks so much. Everyone go and see it. It's very fun. It really is. And it's also got a secret fucking revolutionary heart, which is actually doing good in the world. So it feels like frippery, but it's actually like an amazing, like nourishing meal as well. I I really do hope that you bring it to Melbourne so that I can see it. At some point, be very fun. Maybe um, you'll come and audition for us. Yes, please. Oh, 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 oh. I would love to. <laughs> That'd be great. Pleasure having you both. Thank you so Thank much, you. Johnny. Thanks for having us. That's another episode of the Saturday Quiz done and dusted. Thanks so much for listening. If you are in Sydney, go and see the Boomcack Panto, which was written by and stars Virginia Gay, with Rob Johnson playing multiple villains. Thanks to those of you who supported the show this week. There was a whole bunch of you. I'm very grateful. And I'm sorry, Peter, that I don't know how to make it a monthly commitment. But if you just give to the show whenever you remember to, I'm sure that'll be fine. Please tell everyone you know about this podcast. It is surprising how many people secretly love quizzes. 
Let's not let it be a secret anymore. Oh, and for those of you playing along at home, the capital of Malawi is Lalongwe. Thanks as ever to Cindy McDonald for writing such a great quiz. My name's John Leary, and I'll have more questions for you same time next week. <laughs>